Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Here we are in the third week of this, of this great series that we're going to be going through on the glorious Church of Jesus Christ. In the last couple of weeks, we've covered the fact that it's, it, it's a church that belongs to Jesus Christ. And he said, I will build my church. And then we covered last Sunday about the power of the preached word of God into a generation. So uh, that really stirred me last week. But today we're going to carry on here in Acts chapter 2. And we're just going to come straight in from verse 42 um, today. It says this, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in their prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. Many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. All of them were together. They had all things in common. They sold their possessions. They sold their goods. And they divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing every day with one accord in the temple. And they broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And they praised God having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church every day those who were being saved. Um, it's our scripture for the whole series, and it's such a powerful scripture. I believe in the glorious church. I believe in a healthy church. I believe in a church that's alive, that's growing, a church that sees the power of God operating through it. And, um, you know, today I'm going to be speaking about something that I believe is absolutely central to a glorious and a victorious and a healthy church. Today I want to talk about never give up. It says here a couple of times in this passage, they continued steadfastly. They continued every day. You know, in all my years of being a Christian and then especially, you know, heading, I'm heading up the church here at Citygate with Sharon and, and other things that we've done. You know what? With all the pressure we've faced, all the things we've had to, had to address by faith, all the, all the times we've had to, uh, you know, shift a, an obstacle out of the way, all the times the enemies wanted to close us down, all the times the pressure comes on or the anxiety or the financial challenges or the health challenges. You know, in all the time that I've been a Christian, in all the things I've experienced, and I'm sure you have too, it, it has struck me time and time again that the emphasis in God's word is this, that to give up is never an option. It says all the way through the Bible, our God is a faithful God. We know he's faithful to us. You know, I love to sing here in Citygate Church, our God is faithful. God will never let you go. God is faithful. God's committed. Even when we get it wrong, God's committed. Even when we get it right, God's committed. We need God all of the time. And God has said, I will never leave you. I won't ever forsake you. And we know by the scripture of God that it says it's not by might nor by power. It's by the spirit of God. So we know his grace and his spirit is extended towards us for us to be all that God has called us to be. However, we do have a part to play. And that part is this, to continue, to be steadfast. It's a very powerful Greek word here. Um, I'm not going to try and pretend to be a Greek scholar, but it means this. It's sort of a double emphasis. It's a bit of a strange word. It means to continue continuing. It means to be steadfastly steadfast. 
That's why it says here, you know, they were steadfast. They continued. They devoted themselves, one translation says. It's sort of a double emphasis. And it's a very powerful word that says these guys were absolutely committed. They were wholehearted. They were absolutely on fire for this. You know, it isn't just, let's just put our little toe in the water and see if we're going to give this a go. This is, this is on fire Christianity. This is, you know what, I've made a decision and it's a quality decision. I will not turn around. I will never quit. Quitting is not an option for a Christian. You know, I, I absolutely believe so many people quit at the point that they're just about to get a breakthrough. You know, our enemy, our accuser is really scheming and really devious. And he knows if he can put on enough pressure for you to stop, then he can prevent all of the wonderful things that God has planned for your life. So my emphasis today is this. Come on, never quit, never give up. It says, as I've, as I've explained in one translation, it says they devoted themselves. This was a personal decision. You know what? I've discovered that there isn't anybody else who can do my devotion for me. You know, however close I am to Sharon, I have a personal faith and I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not through anybody else. No one else can do the hard work for me. There's no one else who can do my praying for me. There isn't anyone else who can get into God's word for me on my behalf. No, this is something personal. This is something that, you know, it isn't that we're self, you know, in any way self-made people, but it's our decisions that we make by ourselves which determine how far we go in our relationship with God and how much we see of God's favor upon our lives. You know, some people, they really, um, you know, are hungry for God's, God's harvest in their lives, but they're not prepared to sow the seed themselves. Other people are, you know, they're saying we want to see the breakthrough, but they're not prepared to stand and having done all to stand, stand. They want to see the devil defeated all around them and in their circumstances, but they're not prepared to get out the sword of the spirit themselves and go to war against him and put on the whole armor of God. No one else can fight for you. They can fight alongside you, but the Bible is really clear. You know, for us to be a healthy church, we all need to make a quality decision that I am going to continue continuing. I'm going to be steadfastly steadfast. It's a very powerful word. It means to persevere. It means to persist. It means to endure. It means to be determined. It means to hold fast. It means to show strength that prevails. It's a never give up attitude. There's another scripture I'm going to turn to a bit further on in, uh, today, which says to hold fast the confession of our hope because God is faithful. But it says this, don't waver. You see, every time you waver, you're going to start to sink. Now, thank God we have a Savior who reaches down and he pulls us out of any situation we find ourselves in. But you know what? I found out in God that as we go on in God, we can get to the place more and more where we are steadfast and we're unshakable and that God as our strength on the inside is the one who enables us to stand and having done all to stand. He is absolutely faithful. I'm going to ask you today, 
Is there something that you believed God for before? What was God going to do for you? What did God promise you? Are you still standing for it or have you let it go? I want to encourage you today, never give up. There's something about continuing in God and continuing on the promises of God and continuing in your relationship with God, which means God is faithful and he will not be mocked that what he has spoken will come to pass in your life. Wow, I'm preaching myself happy right now. Another question I want to ask really is, how do you react when it appears as if something isn't going to happen? You know, how do you react when things get tough? How do you react when you don't want to read your Bible or you don't want to praise God or you don't want to pray? How do you react when your flesh is saying, I've had enough of this, I want to give up? You see, the Christian life is a life of absolute authority and power, but it's because we have this thing on the inside which says, I refuse to quit. I'm going to continue continuing. I'm going to be steadfastly steadfast no matter what happens around me. This is my decision. I'm going to devote myself to the things of God and I will not turn away from the path of God. I will not turn away from the things of God. I will keep my heart open towards God and I will believe God and I will see him prove himself time and time again in my life if I only refuse to quit. I want to encourage you today to keep a firm grip on what God has promised you. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 says this, it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. But I want you to hear the context of this. It says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. <laughs> Listen to this. And having done everything, to stand. And then the next verse goes on, stand therefore, with the helmet and the breastplate and everything else. But it says, having done all, to stand. Having done all, to stand. Somebody asked a preacher once and said, how long do I have to stand? He said, as long as it takes. <laughs> because we stand and having done all to stand. It doesn't say stand for a period of time and then give up. It just says keep standing. Why? Because he who promises is faithful. He will bring to pass what he has promised for your life. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says this, do not become lazy. Oh, wow, this is going to be, you know, some tough stuff in here today. Do not become lazy. But it says, by faith and by patience, inherit the promises. By faith and by, if I use this word, long-suffering. You're just prepared to stand forever. But, oh, I've been patient, Pastor Jay. Yeah, but there is, there is this incredible spiritual force called patience, which means, you know what, doesn't matter how long I stand, doesn't matter how long I have to pray, doesn't matter how long I have to believe God, I'm going to stand and having done all to stand, stand. I'm not going to sit down halfway through. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm not going to give up on the promises of God. God will never give up on me. He won't ever give up on my circumstance. He's always operating behind the scenes to bring bring things round to work together for my good. How on earth am I ever going to sit down halfway through that process or give up on the things of God? 
I want to encourage you today to resist the temptation to give up. See, to give up is a temptation. Oh, you know what? To read the Bible again, that's a temptation. It certainly is not something from the Spirit of God. It's something from your flesh or something from, you know, some external force to, to try to test you and to try to tempt you to quit. Oh, you know what? I can't be bothered to, you know, to go to my small group today. I just don't feel like it. Well, come on. That's a temptation to lose grip on the things that you're involved in. You know, today, again, the context is they devoted themselves but it all comes from this attitude on the inside that says, I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. I refuse to just have a go and then have a holiday. No, come on, I'm in this 100%. This intimacy with God is at the forefront of my passion and of my life. Resist the temptation to give up. How long will you stand? Have you got a cutoff point? I'm gonna believe God that far but if it gets to next week, I'm going to give up. If it gets to next month, I'm going to give up. You know what? If the report from the doctor is bad, I'm just going to give up believing for healing. No, come on. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Stand therefore. Having done all to stand, without the wavering, without the giving up, without the sitting down, You know, we aren't of those who draw back to perdition. We are those who press on in to the saving of the soul and that faith on the inside that says, you know what, I'm going to commit to my relationship with Jesus Christ wholeheartedly. I'm going to devote myself. That's the substance of faith. Yes, we use faith to move mountains. Yes, we use faith to heal the sick. Yes, we use faith to uh, to see our financial harvest. But first and foremost, our faith is to say, you know what? I'm going to live from my heart for God and for his kingdom. No matter how I feel or what the pressure is around me to quit, to give up, to call it a day, to go backwards, to give up, to do like the children of Egypt, of Israel, who said, come on, let's go back to Egypt. They were on their way to the promised land, but some of them gave up. Come on, we are not of those. We are those who mix the word of God with faith and we inherit the promises of Almighty God. You know you have an adversary and that adversary is going to do everything he can to get you to quit. If we can only understand, that's his major plan. It's to get us to give up. If he can only get us to quit, he's won. Why? Because... As we commit to stand, God will show himself strong on our behalf. Don't give up just before you break through. You know, the Bible says, having done all to stand, stand. I determined a long time ago, my standing is not dependent on anybody else standing. My standing is not dependent on what anybody else does. It's great to have people around you that encourage you. Isn't that fantastic to say, come on, I'm standing with you. I'm going to pray with you. But even if you're on your own, You and God, me and God is enough to stand in every situation. My continuing is not dependent on anybody else continuing. Now, of course, when I first gave my life to Christ, you know, some other people got saved around the same time as me. Some of those people are not here today, very sadly. Other people didn't give their life to Christ. But it wasn't long before I started to understand, you know what, this is personal. I need to continue for me. I need to continue for my spiritual health. No matter what other people are doing around me, I will not 
wait around for other people to catch up because you know what will happen is that I'll begin to draw back and then everything goes down to the lowest common denominator. Come on, the Bible says run and having done all to stand, stand. The Bible says to mount up with wings as an eagle. That's a personal decision on the inside. There are, you know, perhaps there are some husbands or some wives or some kids who are saying, you know what, when my husband comes to Christ, then I'll really go for it in God. No, come on, you need to go for it now. Continue continuing, being steadfastly steadfast. Devote yourself to the things of Almighty God. It's expensive to get a victory. The price has already been paid, but the price that we pay as well is this, never give up. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith which I'm going to paraphrase like this, a never give up attitude, we are in this until we win. The Bible tells us to endure hardship. You know what? I first heard about the spirit of faith and the laws of faith in the kingdom of God probably 30, 35 years ago. Absolutely gripped my heart. But I always understood this, no matter how much faith, no matter how much we release faith, faith overcomes things. So there will always be something there to overcome. Do not think that the Christian life is just going to be some easy life where everything goes our way very quickly. No, come on, faith stands. And the Bible says there in the evil day, we don't like to talk about the evil day. And hopefully we don't have too many of those. But we are um, certainly engaged in a battle on a daily basis. We are certainly engaged fighting the enemy on a daily basis. Now, over here in the UK, we don't have the persecution that perhaps other countries have. We have other things, but the Bible still says endure hardship. Whatever hardship that is that you need to endure today, it will always be the plan of the enemy to squash you down, to put so much pressure on your life to cause you to give up. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, it says this, it says, remember, after you were enlightened, after you were enlightened, the devil tried to steal your goods. They didn't say the devil there, but we know who's behind it. It says people tried to steal your goods. They tried to wreck your life after you were enlightened. That's not a coincidence. When you hear from God, the enemy wants to try to get it out of your life. But I want to encourage you today to continue continuing. When you hear from God, I can remember, I, it was about 1986, actually, probably just into 87. I can remember, I really strongly heard from God that by his stripes, I was healed. At that point, I wasn't sick. There wasn't anything wrong. It was just, it was a principle. I thought, my days of sickness and disease are over. Doesn't mean to say I'm never tempted to be sick or things don't come into my body to try to make me sick for whatever reason. But I've got the word of God on it now. I've got the truth of God that can change the facts. And I can remember it hit me so hard. My days of sickness and disease are over. By his wounds, I was healed. And it wasn't just but a, I don't know, I think it was even during the same uh, a few days after I really heard that from God, I got an abscess. I don't want to go, you know, be too graphic on TV here, but I got an abscess right there on my lip. The scar is still there. 
and I got this huge abscess. I couldn't talk for a few days because this thing grew. I was in so much pain. And you know what? It was as if the enemy was saying, huh, so you think your days of sickness and disease are over? I'll show you. I'll close your mouth and I'll give you something to prove that you're not healed. And you know what? It, it, it was so painful. And then that went after a few days. I won't tell you how that all happened. It's not pleasant. But you know what? Over the next year, I got 11 abscesses in my body. They erupted all over the place. I, had, I went to the doctor. They sent me for tests, blood tests. There wasn't anything wrong with me. It was as if it was a Hebrews 10 time. Okay, so you think you're healed? I'm going to knock it out of you. That's what the enemy wants to do. Okay, so you start to forgive somebody. I'm going to do something that, that you know, will cause you to give up on the forgiveness. Okay, so you're starting to move the mountain. I'm going to put a greater mountain in your way. The enemy will do everything he can to cause you to give up. Thankfully, at the end of that year, we'd absolutely defeated it. And um, we hadn't had that issue since. But you know what? The enemy wants to try to steal God's word out of your life. We, you know, I could go to Mark chapter 4, where it says, you know, there is all sorts of persecution that arises for the word's sake, to try to get the word out of the soil, to try to get the word out of your heart. We are not of those who just let go of the word of God. His word is good seed into good ground, and it will produce that incredible 30, 60, 100-fold harvest in the name of Jesus Christ. It's really important that we keep God's word before our eyes and the things of God's kingdom before our eyes because the Bible says we have hope as an anchor to our soul, how we feel. And of course, you know, today is a whole lot to do with how we feel. I don't feel like church. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like fighting. I don't feel like confessing the word again because it hurts. I don't feel like standing against the plans of the enemy because he seems to be absolutely annihilating me right now. Come on. How you feel needs to be taken captive. The thoughts in your mind need to be taken captive. Why? Because we never give up. He gives us the grace to never give up. By grace we stand, the Bible says. I love the passage in Luke chapter 18 where there's this lady and, and she comes to the unjust um, authority guy, the judge, and... Um, you know, she just keeps coming, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. And she won't give up. She won't give up until she gets what she came for. And the Bible says that the Lord was, was explaining there the principle how we ought to pray and never give up. Do you hear that expression? That's what Jesus said. How men ought to pray and never quit, never give up. Why? Because if we keep on, if we steadfastly, steadfast, if we continue continuing, we will see the fullness of what God has promised come to pass in our lives. So I'm just going to go through five or six things that the Bible really encourages us to continue in. The first one is this, continue to stand. Continue to stand. Why don't you say that? Continue to stand. The Apostle Paul says this in Acts chapter 20, and when they had come to Paul, this is the elders, he said to them, you know that from the first day that I came to Asia, I lived among you very openly, very honestly. You saw how I lived. 
serving the Lord with all humility, with, very, with, with a lot of tears, a lot of uh, trials which happened to me as the Jews schemed against me to try to stop me. How I kept back zero, absolutely nothing. I poured everything into this that was helpful and I proclaimed it to you and I taught you publicly and from house to house I testified to the Jews and also to the Greeks about how to repent towards God and have faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now I go and I am bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. I don't know what things are going to happen to me there except the Holy Spirit has testified in every city, listen to this, saying that chains and tribulations await me everywhere I go but none of these things move me. Don't you love that? I could go on for the sake of time, I won't. You should read that, Acts chapter 20. He said, even though I know everywhere I go, there's going to be pressure to quit. I refuse to quit. I refuse to quit. I'm going to stand and having done all to stand. He said, it doesn't matter what comes against me. I'm going to go through it. It doesn't matter what comes against me, what plans are the enemy to try to stop my life. I am going to stand no matter what the cost. The second thing that I want to talk about today as we continue is this, to continue to walk by faith. This is a, a favorite in the church here at Citygate. No matter what it looks like, I don't know about you, there are times I want to quit. There are times you just think, you know what? I'm just not doing this anymore. And it's not because we don't love the church or love what's going on, but the enemy wants nothing more than to stop people in their tracks. I love the account of Abraham in the Bible that against all hope he believed in hope. And the Bible says this, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. She was barren and yet they had the promise of having a child. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. The Bible tells us to walk in the footsteps of the faith of our father Abraham. Doesn't matter if you're 100 years old and your wife can't have children. You know what? The Bible says this, you will have a child. That's what it said to Abraham. And he says even at 100 years old, he didn't, he didn't struggle with that. But you know what? He walked by faith and we walk by faith and not by sight. Doesn't matter what you see. The eyes of faith on the inside of you are stronger than the eyes you have in your head. The ears of your spirit to hear the promises of God are more powerful and have more authority than these ears on your head that hear the bad reports of the enemy. I'm going to encourage you today to continue to stand and to continue, continue continuing being steadfastly steadfast to walk by faith. Israel, they kept saying, didn't they? I mean, what an example of unbelief and drawing back and forgetting the promises of God. They said, why didn't you leave us in Egypt? They said this to Moses. Why didn't you just leave us in Egypt? And yet in Egypt, the Bible says, God heard the cry of his people. They'd forgotten that. Just a few months earlier, they were crying out, God deliver us, God set us free. So he opens the doors for them to be set free, but they didn't want to continue on. Why? Because it got a bit tough. 
And that's not me just being a little bit crass there or flippant. But come on, God had divided the Red Sea. God had brought them out with all the wealth of Egypt. God had brought them out and going into the promised land. But it didn't take much. And what they saw was able to overcome what God had promised. God's way was through the Red Sea. There are times we have to go through things. But you can put your foot into the Red Sea and walk through on dry land. Why? Because God has promised you will not drown and you will not be burned in Jesus' name. I know this series is, is about the glorious church, but at the very heart of it, it's this I will never quit attitude. And when a church has a passion for the kingdom of God and says, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. You know what? There is no plan or strategy of the enemy that can stop or prevent what God has got planned for that church. What's the next thing that we want to think about? Continue to rejoice. Continue to rejoice. Philippians 4.4. Rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Let's use a expression that we would understand in the 21st century. Let's use the word celebrate. Okay, celebrate, and again, I say celebrate. Actually, if you go to some um, understandings and some translations, it uses the word rave or party. And I know that's a bit sort of a, a colloquial expression, but so often we make the truths of God's word just so deep and so heavy. Oh, rejoice, I'm going to rejoice, and oh, hallelujah, I'm rejoicing. Where's the party? Where's the celebration? Come on, where's the party hats and the cheers and the jumping? and the? And I can remember we put the World Cup on here some time ago, and uh, we had all tables here. And you know, when we scored, when England scored, the place went bananas, chairs were kicked over, tables went. It was hilarious. We just got so excited. We didn't win the cup. But you know what? All the time we were scoring, there was a celebration. And we've got the greatest celebration. And that is the, the life of Jesus Christ. We can celebrate on the inside. The blood of Jesus has been shed for us. The stripes of Jesus heal our body. The incredible power of Jesus can be released into our circumstances. Come on. We've got something to celebrate. Celebrate always. And again, I say to celebrate. One pastor said this, one preacher I was hearing just the other, um, other evening actually, he said, you know, God spoke to him and said this, if, if only you could see your circumstances from my perspective, you'd be celebrating right now. And that was just such an eye-opener to me. I thought, you know what? God sees the end from the beginning. And if only we can get a glimpse of what he sees, and we can do from the word of God, because what he sees is what he's promised. He sees your healing, even if you're in the middle of sickness. He sees your abundance, even if you're in the middle of financial challenge. He sees your healthy family, even if you're in the middle of strife right now. He sees your kids fulfilling the will of God for their lives, even if you see them right now going off doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Come on, let's get a glimpse of God's perspective and then we can celebrate. If you refuse to quit as you walk by faith, you'll move every mountain. But if you re refuse to quit and rejoice, your harvest will always come. What's the next thing that we need to continue in? Be steadfastly steadfast. It's quite a strong one, this one. Continue 
to forgive. Continue to forgive. Never give up on your forgiving of the people and the circumstances in your life now, historically, or whatever comes. You know, there was a disciple that said to Jesus, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times in a day? And Jesus absolutely blew his mind. He said, not seven times, 70 times seven. He's saying, come on, don't give up. Don't give up. I want to encourage you today. Don't harbor spiteful thoughts in your heart. The Bible says, don't allow a root of unforgiveness, animosity to grow up in your life. It'll defile you and it'll defile other people. Don't allow spiteful thoughts even for a second to take root in your mind. You know, I was really, really challenged with this some time ago. If you can't pray the blessing and the love and the prosperity of God on somebody, then I've got a problem of unforgiveness with that person. Like, wow, okay, I need to think through that. When we say, come on, let's pray for our, our city. Let's pray for the country. Let's pray for your, your office. Let's pray for your next door neighbor. If you find that little thing stir up on the inside and you struggle to pray for that person, you know what? You need to deal with some unforgiveness perhaps. I'm going to encourage you today to continue continuing. Yeah, but they've upset me 50 times today. Well, Jesus said 70 times seven. Even if you go to, you know, another gospel, and it says 77 times. I don't know about you, but I've not been offended by somebody 77 times in a day. Even, you know, 70 times seven is a load more. And we think they've done it once in a week. They've done it three times this year, the same thing. And Jesus said, come on, continue. Continue to forgive. Why? Our God continues to forgive us. Isn't it funny? We use different standards on other people than the standards God uses on us. He forgives us no matter what, no matter how many times we do it. God, I'm never going to do that again. And then we do it tomorrow. Come on. God's a God of forgiveness. And we are a people of forgiveness. Continue continuing. If you refuse to quit, God will restore what was stolen or destroyed out of your life. But you don't know what they did to me, Pastor Jay. Yeah, but if you forgive through God's grace, through God's love, receive the peace and the grace from God to forgive. We can't do it in our own strength, but we can certainly do it with the love of God. It gives God an entrance into the circumstance to bring restoration. It gives God an entrance into the situation for him to restore, return what was stolen out of our lives. What else as we start to, to close here? Continue to speak God's word. Oh, <laughs> how many times have I been declaring God's word and then it gets tough and you go and say something different. You go and say the opposite. Oh. Hebrews 10.23 says this, Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I'm going to say it with a little bit of an explanation there. Hold fast the confession. Keep speaking what you expect to happen. Don't shake about it. Don't waver. Don't give up. Don't quit. Because God is faithful and God will do it. God is reliable, one 
um, account says. God is trustworthy. He is faithful to do his word. You know what? It's a scriptural principle in God's word that you have what you say. But how much stronger is that when you agree with what God says? But our flesh wants to say something different. Our flesh wants to agree with the world. The world is saying stuff completely opposite to what God has said in his word. Don't agree with what the world says. Agree with what the word of God says. Speak it out of your mouth. Continue speaking the promises of God. When you are, you know, the pressure is on and the temptation is there to say, ah, I give up on this and it ain't going to happen. It didn't happen. God's failed me. I'm not healed. I sowed seed and it didn't happen. Whatever it is, come on. Put your hand over your mouth, the Bible says. Stop yourself saying the things that are opposite to God's word and continue continuing speaking God's word. If you refuse to quit, God's word will always prosper where he sends it. Don't dig the seed up. Keep speaking the word of God and it will come to pass in your life. And finally today as we close, I want to encourage you with this one. Continue to run your race. Continue to run your race. Hebrews chapter 12, verses one to three. And I'm smiling because I love this passage of scripture. Just hear this from one translation. It says, do you see what this all means? Do you see what this all means? All these people, they blaze the way. All these uh, veterans are cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down start to run, never quit. Don't you love this version of Hebrews chapter 12? Strip down, it's saying, come on, be fit. Don't have all the weight and the sin. I think that's a version you'd, you'd probably remember. You know, cast aside the sin and the weights and run the race. It says, strip down, start to run, don't ever quit. Don't have any extra spiritual fat upon your life. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. You'd know that is, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, the shame, whatever. Can you love this? The cross, the shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God the Father. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, it says here to go over the story of Jesus Christ again, item by item, item that long account of hostility that he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Oh, I love that. Doesn't that just encapsulate everything I've been attempting to say today? Keep your eyes on the vision of where God is taking you. There have been countless people who have endured hardship before, endured the pressure to quit, and they said, we're not quitting. The whole of Hebrews chapter 11 is an account of where people said, by faith they stood, by faith they overcame, by faith they inherited, by faith they received their dead raised to life again, by faith they never gave up, by faith they even were prepared to be put to death. I mean, there was all sorts of stuff in Hebrews chapter 11. They never quit. Why? Because as you keep your eyes 
on the vision and the dream that God has for your life, it will shoot adrenaline into your soul. It will energize you on the very inside. I don't know if you've seen the old film, Ben-Hur, back in the, I don't know, 50s, 60s, Charlton Heston. And there's that incredible race, the chariot race. And he said to the director after he'd learned, he said, you know what? I'm sure that I can actually drive these horses, but I'm not convinced I can win. And you know what the director said to him? He said, you stay in the race. I, I will see to it that you win. And I just think that's the heart of God for us. Stay in the race. And God says, I will see to it that you win. Why? Because it's not by might or by power. Yes, we're talking about an attitude today, but we're drawing from the grace of God. He said, if you stay in the race, I'm going to cause you to win the race and receive the crown of life. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, um, Blessed is the man who endures temptation tests and trials. He passes the test. For when he's been approved and he's passed the test, he's stayed in the race, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. If you refuse to quit, no matter what tempts you or tries to wear you down, you will run right into the destiny that God has for your life. Run the race set before you. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Have an attitude on the inside that says, I refuse to quit. Being steadfastly steadfast. Continue continuing and God will bring you out into the fullness of all of his will for your life. I hope you're encouraged today. Faith is stirred today. Perhaps you're on this program here today and, you're, and you were on the verge of giving up and quitting and saying, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I've said that a number of times over the years. Oh, I, just, I just can't do this anymore. And then something grips me on the inside and says, come on, stand. Having done all to stand, stand. And I go back into the throne room of God and I receive grace and faith is ignited on the inside. And I say, you know what? I'm going to go again. I'm going to run again. Devil, not today. You're not getting me today. You're not coming out on top. You're not going to stop me in my life. And I want to encourage you today to fan into flame and stir up everything that God has put on the inside of you. Friend, I want to ask you today, we've talked a lot about this attitude of continue continuing. At the very heart of it, I know I've not really spoken on it, is this thing of they were devoted. It was a discipleship. It was a passion for Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you today, have you ever made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Often you hear it said about a couple, ah, oh, they're devoted to each other. They've been devoted to each other for 50 years. There's a devotion there. That's the word that is used for our love for God. Is that how you love God today? Are you devoted to God or is he just a belief somewhere that perhaps there's a God or a force in the universe? No, come on, God loves you. He so loved you that he sent his only begotten son. And when that hits your life and you realize that, a devotion starts. I'm absolutely devoted in my love for Jesus Christ and what he's done for me and what he's done for the sin of the world. And I'm going to ask you today to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's very simple. 
but it's very powerful. I believe the Holy Spirit is doing a work on the inside of you to, you know, to bring you to the place right now to say, Jesus, I give you my life. I hand over the authority of my life to you. I'm going to devote myself into a relationship with you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to get hold of a Bible. I'll be part of a, a church somewhere. I don't know if you're anywhere near Citygate. We'd love to see you here. But first and foremost, this is a personal decision that you can make right now, even online today. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer out loud after I've said it. So why don't you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've demonstrated your love through sending your son to die on a cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, for paying the price for all of my sin. I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you and by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive your eternal life. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, the Bible is really clear. You've crossed over from death to life, from darkness to light, from the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of God. The most powerful thing has happened on the inside. Other people are going to talk about that in just a second, but I just want to encourage everybody today. Never quit. Never give up. Don't ever give a place to the enemy. Come on, keep your mind strong. Keep your spirit alive. Keep your joy pumping. Celebrate the goodness of God. And I will see you next week. God bless you. Have an amazing week.